All right, hello everyone. It's Titus again, y'all. And I will be continuing the story of Saul with you today. And I started with Saul last week about where he left off, where he disobeyed God. He had two things, two situations where he disobeyed God, two events. And he was supposed to kill the Amalekites, but he didn't do that correctly. And so God told him he lost his kingdom. And so we're here continuing our uh, story of King Saul from chapter First Samuel chapter 16 to all the way to the end of First Samuel, which is, I think, chapter 31. But all right. Before we start with any of that, I want to ask us here today, who here feels like it's hard to focus on studying, right? I feel like it's hard to study. I feel like it's hard to focus on that sometimes, a lot of the times. Um, you try, like, you try so hard to study, but your mind just isn't there, right? Like, you're just not, like, you're just not there. And for some of us, for some of us, it could be frustrating. And for others, it could also be a panic. Like, you're just, like, freaking out because the deadline is tomorrow or tonight. And, or even, like, the, the exam is tomorrow. And you just need to, like, study and, like, get the things done. I'm there. I'm like that. Shout out to those those who uh, work last minute. Um, but, you know, I, I'm there with you. I understand how that feels. And so to continue on, have you ever had a moment where you find hard to focus, right? That's the moment that you're in. But then you can find it so easy to, to do other things or to focus on other things, right? Like you, you're supposed to study or you're supposed to work on your assignment that's due tomorrow. But instead of doing that, you start doing other things. And like, it's like, oh, really easy. And so things that you don't really like doing, all of a sudden sound interesting. Like you, you didn't like reading, but then like you start reading or something. Um, like for some of us, maybe it's like, oh, I got to feed my pets. And then so you, you feed them, but then you start playing with them and it takes you two hours to do that. Or maybe it's like, oh, I should do this assignment. Oh, it's a good thing, right? I'm doing an assignment. But the assignment is due like next month or two months from now. And you have an assignment that's due tomorrow that you haven't started. And it's like really hard for you to focus on that. And so to put that into, like, I just want you guys to think about that and like to understand what that's like and what that feels like. And you guys kind of kind of understand that, right? And so I want to let you guys know that during this time in Saul's life, back to the Bible, in Saul's life, uh, he's doing something similar to that. He's doing something similar or just kind of like that, but on a big giant scale. And so he's doing this. He, he's supposed to be focusing on something, but he's distracted by one thing and he's hyper distracted or hyper focused on one thing and that thing is David and it's not like a good story where Saul raises David into um, a king or anything like that but if you guys read on into these chapters you find that Saul is trying to kill David he's trying to uh, take down David and so by chapter 16 of first Samuel 16 we find that David is introduced into our story. He's into our story. He is um, being looked for as the next king. And so Samuel, by God, uh, is looking out for the next king. And they, 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 find Sam, they find David. And so Samuel anoints David as king in secret, or anoints David in secret. And David has to wait until he is put as king in Israel. And so not long after that, not long after the secret anointing, we find David working with Saul in, 
playing the harp for him because Saul ha is tormented by a spirit, but he's so David is the one of the only people that can um, soothe his spirit and soothe his mind. But at the same time, we find David defeating Goliath. And because of this, Saul sees him and he's like, I want him to be a part of my army. And so Saul puts David into command of certain areas in the army. And wherever David's going, David is defeating the Philistines. He's winning battles. He's doing all these great things. And David gets famous. The Israelites and, and the Israelites all look up to him and he's super famous and everybody loves him. But then Saul gets jealous of David. He looks at David and he's like, wait a minute. He's getting too famous. He's getting too popular. He's like better than me almost. And he's, so he's jealous of David. And so he tries to kill David twice in one moment, but then multiple times throughout the, the stories. And he fails. Saul fails at killing David. And for years throughout chapters 18 until 31, Saul is chasing after David, trying to kill him. And all this time, Saul is forgetting God and he's forgetting his country's problems or his responsibilities as king. And then ultimately, Israel gets defeated by the Philistines in a big, big battle at the end of 1 Samuel. And King Saul and his son Jonathan dies in battle. And so I want us to take a look back at some specific points in the story. And I want us to look at some of these things. And so we are introduced to David at this point of the story, right? At the beginning of the story. And we see that the Lord was with David. The Lord was with David and he had bravery and confidence because he trusted in God. And this is a strong contrast with, towards or to Saul during this time or in this point of his life. Since the incidents with the Amicalites, Saul lost out on God. He lost that focus on God. And the consequences from his choices during that time led to Saul losing his kingdom. And Saul, as well, through um, repeated choice, repeated um, actions, we see Saul also leaving God and disobeying God over and over again. And so at this point, I want us to look at a certain event, or two certain events, which is the event with David versus Goliath, and also the story a little bit right after that, where Saul gets jealous of David, which is like the chapter right after that, which is kind of funny. And so I want us to look at verse, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 8 through 11, and then 26 later on. 8 through 11. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the, champ the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 26, this is David's point of view. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing his Philistine, this Philistine and ending his defi defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? When we see this interaction, we see two opposites. Both of these verses represent um, both of the reactions of our two characters, David and Saul. And both of these reactions are towards Goliath. They, they both are, are introduced to Goliath for the first time in these stories, in these verses. 
And if we look at Saul, we see that Saul is trembling in the sight of Goliath. He's scared and he is uh, shaken by Goliath. And he and the Israelites, not only is Saul scared and shaken, but also the Israelites are also scared and shaken and lose heart by Goliath. Yet on the flip side, if we look at David, he takes the stance of attack. Not because David's hot-headed or anything, but, but rather he has the focus on God. He's asking, who is this person to defy the armies of the living God? David is focused on what God wants to be done. He's focused on what God wants and what God's legacy. And so one of the off notes from this story that I want us to look at, um, just like an off note, this is not a part of my main points, but just something that I thought was uh, important for us to understand, was how the leader, how a leader influences the group that he's leading or she's leading. And so if a leader is a certain way, like has certain values or certain attitudes, um, this permeates into his work style and the way he works and the way he values things. And if a leader uh, is this way, then this permeates into the group or to the things that he does lead in. And so that could be the people that he's leading. And so if we understand that, if we look at Saul, Saul is afraid and far from God. He's afraid of these things and he's jealous and he's looking into himself and he's far from God. And so how much does that show to and in the Israelites during this time? Like, can you, you can tell that in this story with Goliath, Saul was scared, but the people of Israel was also scared. So, and if you think about it, what kind of major influence Saul had? He's the king. If he knew what he what was needed to be king, maybe he wouldn't have taken the stance, or, or maybe how much, or how much he understood all of these things. Maybe he would understand that he needed God more and more as he grows and as he does the things that he did. And so, I want to ask, what sort of influence do you have on the people around you? Let's just look at the social circles that we have or the circles that we're in and see the areas in which we have influence over and ask the question, am I showing Christ in these areas? It doesn't have to be that you're a leader to have influence. You can be a part of the group and still create influence. Maybe the group doesn't have a leader and that's okay because friend groups usually don't have those things or maybe they do, but different aspects. And maybe you're just one of the people in the group. But even though you're still that. You still have influence within the circle that you're in. Maybe you have influence in the way you talk with your siblings or the influence on your siblings because maybe you're the older one or maybe you're the only child and you have influence on your parents in a certain way. And so even though you're in a certain point of your life, you still have influence. And so to ask the question or to understand that you are also in a state where you can show Christ in these areas. And so ask yourself, am I showing Christ in the areas of my influence? This is just an off note, but I wanted to ask this for all of us to just think about and to understand as we go through the life of Saul and David and how important it is for all of us here. Um, continuing on though, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47. David replied to the Philistines, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people 
but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. And so we see this play out more and more when David finally approaches Goliath. We see that David is letting everyone know that it is God's victory and not his own victory. David is focused on God right now and he's not focused on what on Goliath who's like five feet taller than him. He's not focused on how big the Philistine army is. He's not focused even on how scared the Israelites or even how scared Saul was at this time. But he's focused on God. And because of this, he's after God's own heart. And continuing on in 1 Samuel 18, 7 through 9 and verse 12. As they danced, they sang. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased, displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands. He thought, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. In verse 12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David but had departed from Saul. Saul from here on in focused, himself, focused in on himself and on defeating David either killing him or making him distracted from the things he should be doing. And one of the things that he did that I thought was really interesting was that he gave his daughters for marriage to distract David. He tried to give his daughters to David so that David um, would be distracted by the daughters or maybe get close into his circle so that David didn't have to go to war. David didn't have to be famous. And that's pretty messed up, right? Like, it's pretty, that's pretty crazy. But Knowing this and understanding David, we see that it doesn't work on David. No matter what he does, he was focused on God. And we can see Saul is afraid of David because, because of this. He made David his enemy instead of focusing back on God. And so, uh, and so as we see all this, as we understand the contrast between Saul and David, as we understand the differences that they go through and the differences of their personalities, I want to ask us, my main question for today, ask us the main question. The question is, are we focused on God? Are we focused on God? To be frank, one of the main reasons this book for Samuel is such a good book to me was because I completely relate with King Saul. I relate with King Saul. And for some of you, you're like, wait, King Saul, the guy who tried to kill David, David's the good guy, right? And Saul's the bad guy. Or uh, Saul also was tormented by an evil spirit. He's kind of loopy, isn't he? Or, <laughs> uh, you know, like he disobeyed God. He lost focus on God. And, I, and what I got to say is that, yeah, I relate with Saul to a major degree. I was what seemed like losing focus on God. I was losing focus on God. I was focused on me, myself. I was focused on my insecurities. I was focused on my worries and even the relationships I had, whether I was doing good enough for them or whether these relationships are good for me. And it was just a lot of questions and a lot of worries in my head. And so if you look at, through the life of Saul, beyond the story of David versus Goliath, beyond the story of his jealousy towards David, um, we see the same idea play out towards Saul. And Saul is focused on himself. He's focused on his insecurities, his jealousies. He's focused on that. And he's focused on his own things. And ultimately, if you think about it, Saul is doing what he, what he thinks is best, right? He's 
focused on himself. He's focused on these things. And he thinks that the best thing to do is to kill David. But he falters. He falls and he stumbles. He is tormented, it says in chapter 16 through 18, that he, by an evil spirit. And this evil spirit, I feel like, takes the form of his jealousy, his frustrations, and his lost focus on God. And he thought that if he took out David, if he took out David, who was his competitor or um, who was good in this in this situation, everything would be fine. Um, he wouldn't have to fear God because the person that made him remind him of God was gone. He didn't have to fear God. He wouldn't have to be jealous of David or anything else like that. And ultimately, nobody else would think of him as second, you know? Because the only person left would be him as king and people would see him only. <clears throat> and so I felt like I was tormented by a spirit or like I was tormented by some, some thoughts. And these thoughts gave me a lot of worries, gave me a lot of anxieties and mental enemies that I focused on that I lost, that made me lose focus on God. I felt like I was stumbling all on my own and I felt like I was by myself. And as I read 1 Samuel, I, I couldn't help but feel for King Saul, um, who faltered and stumbled by himself as well. I had these frustrations and I had these jealousies that really just took over and took my focus. I chased after them thinking that they would fix my situation, that they would fix this moment, that they would fix my frustrations and my jealousies. I chased after that thinking that they would fulfill me or that they would um, be better for me. But in reality, that would never fix it. That would never be a solution or complete solution, that is. And perhaps during that time, I kind of knew the solution, but it was just really hard for me. It was a really hard situation. Are you focused on God? Perhaps there are things that have taken your focus and you are using your own strength for it. Maybe it's been people. Maybe you're chasing after what people think of you or maybe you're chasing after a certain someone to fulfill certain needs and desires that you have or think you have. And so I wanna ask, have relationships taken your focus? In this world of needs and desires, it can be so easy for us to be focused on what others want, what others can do for us, what um, having this one person will do for us, having this one person give us. We are all, we all have our own little, I would say, hole that we want to fill. And it can be easy for us to look at people and say, yeah, I need them to feel wanted. Yeah, I need them to feel accepted. And don't get me wrong, the kingdom of God is looks at people in community and thinks that's important. And it is important. People in community are important to the kingdom of God. But dependency on others is not what God calls us to. But rather, it is a right relationship with God that he calls us to. And so I want to ask once more, have you had your relationships take your focus away from God? Have they led you away? Another one, maybe it's, it's security or insecurity. You want to be somewhere, you want to have a peace of mind, you want to be secure in who you are, some of these things, and you want to be somewhere in life. You want to be someone in life. 
and you say to yourself, if only I had these traits, if I only was able to do these things, or if only I had people, or if I had those people like me, then I would be okay. If I had skills like him or like her, then uh, I would be okay. It's a chase to get somewhere. It's a chase to be like somebody. But when you do get there, or if you, or if you do get there, <clears throat> what then? Our security is in Christ and who he has called us to be and who, and who he is. It's a lot easier said than done or easier said than understood. But this is the truth of God towards you or for you. And so I want to ask, have you let insecurities take your focus away from God? Have you let the chase lead you away from God? <clears throat> Lastly, maybe it's been a worry in your mind. There are things that are happening in your life right now that trouble you. You are scared of university for some of you. Or maybe you're worried about some things that are happening in your family right now. It's been on your mind for a while and it's troubling you. It's scaring you in a way. You've been racking your mind on these things, uh, worried of what could happen, maybe worried about what will happen, what sort of things you should do, the right and wrong. And it hasn't given up and you haven't had any rest. It's tiring, isn't it? But the wonderful thing about the Lord is that he takes these burdens from you. It is not ignorance or taking the situation away from you that God fixes these situations, but rather it is guidance and peace in the midst of the situation that God helps you in the situation. Have you ever let these worries take your focus away from God? Have you let these worries lead you away from God? When I first read these stories of David, Saul, and Samuel, I realized that there were things that hindered me from focusing on God. I was focused on my relationships. I was focused on my worries. And I was worried about so many different things. And ultimately, I never gave control back to God. But if we look at David's story during this time, David was protected and secure in God. His life was still crazy, not like, for the matter of fact, like he, he was still crazy. He was chased by a lot of people. He was a fugitive for a lot of the time. But the Lord was with him. Again, I don't know which of these points that I mentioned earlier uh, are points of focus for you. I don't know which of the three are yours. But no, but no, the same spirit that David had with him is the same spirit the Lord gives to us. It says in John 14 verse, verses 15 through 18, it says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and you will be within you, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus leaves us his Spirit to be with us, so this same power that protected David during this time is the same power and Spirit with which we are given, that the Lord gives to us. And I'm putting a moment in the chat right now. And if you feel like the Lord is speaking to you about these things, about some of these worries or some of these points of focus, so please tap on that moment. The moment will say, I want to focus, I want to refocus on the Lord and be secure in Him. And I want to let you guys know right now that the simple truth is that you are secure in Him. Let's all refocus back on God. Let's pray. 
Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for this time to be here and to hear your message and to um to that you would that you would use me through this time. We just thank you for this time to go through and understand King Saul and the things that he went through and and even though perhaps dark or deep that this is something that you want us to understand and maybe even be spoken to about. Lord, I pray that for those of us who are worried about relationships that you would work in those relationships, that you would remind them that you are their God and that you love them for who they are and that they don't need to be like anyone else. They don't need to chase after what these people think. But Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would have them understand that you are with them. But Lord, I also want to pray for those who are worried about um, security, that you would be their security, that as you uh, gave David security, that you would give them security, not only physical protection, but also mental and uh, social protection that, that you would be with them and that they would be okay with you and that you would satisfy and fill that hole in them. And Lord, lastly, I want to pray for those who are worried or who worry. Lord, I pray that um, you would work in their situations, that you would give them confidence in the situations that they are in and that they would understand you and know strength from you. As you have given David strength to kill the Goliath, that you would give them strength to defeat their worries, to overcome the things that they're worried about. So Lord, I pray and lift that up right now. Lord, I also just pray for those of us who are going through different things, that you would be in those situations, that you are God over all things, and that as we go through these different things, that you are still God in all of those things, and that you, we would be reminded of you. So Lord, I pray for that, and I pray for all of those here who feel that they've been spoken to by, to by you. So Lord, I pray and lift that up right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a good day, ISTNs.